Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. It's a pleasure to have you with me. Uh, My next guest is John Grace from Investors Advantage Corp. He's the founder and president there. And uh, uh, John's uh, topic is kind of interesting today. Are you and your life savings ready for what's next? Time to prepare now for the good, the bad, and the unforeseen. Uh, John's been with me before, and uh, a pleasure to have you back, John. Thanks so much for joining me. Good to be back, Bill. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Doing great. Terrific. So, uh, tell us a little bit about you and uh, Investor Advantage Group. Uh, excuse me, Investors Advantage Corp. For our uh, listeners who may not have heard your prior interviews, John. Sure. Well, we've been at it uh, for 41 years now. Happy anniversary. Hard to believe, but uh, and I, you know, it took me a long time to figure a couple things out, Bill. And that when it when it comes to the securities industry, I thought we were about helping people doing what's right for the client. I had to uh, take too long to figure out that's just uh, what I wanted to believe. It's just not true. The fact is that the securities industry is really about two things. One is hoarding assets, and two is collecting fees. Uh, the commercials are very nice, and they're beautiful, and they talk about what's do, what, what, what can we do that's right for the client. The truth is they're in the business of doing what works for the firm. <laughs> regardless of the client. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, just to kind of put it in perspective, probably the only message the industry has conveyed successfully, Bill, is buy and hold. Buy and hold, hold and hope, sit and take it. So the only message we've convinced clients to believe is no matter what, you're supposed to stay in the market. No matter how much income you might need, no matter how much loss you may have just experienced, all we want you to do is buy the dips, keep adding money to the to the account, and uh, don't take anything out, except when the IRS steps in at 70.5, right, from the requirement of the distributions on traditional retirement accounts. Now you have to take money out. And if we do the math real simple, in 2008, if you're 70 and a half with a million dollars in your 401k that you rolled over to your IRA, and the market hurricane took away 57%, that's what, minus 570,000, and you only took out 30,000, you actually had to take out 36, but just 36,000, but to keep the math simple, we're only going to take 3%, that means a 6%, a 3% withdrawal, 57% loss, that means a 60% depression in value, so what was a million is minus 600,000, finish the year at 400,000. Have a nice day. Buy and hold. Really? Seriously. It, 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 you know, there, there's been a lot of, uh, I don't know, interruptions, changes, uh, diversions in, in the normal marketplace. And we're reading about that now where people are saying, hey, the old, the old 60-40 or 40-60 model is, is dead. Uh, things, yep. have, things have changed. Um, what are some of the things that led up to, to those kind of statements that 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 doesn't work anymore, John. What, tell us what some of well, the biggest think, factors are. 
Yeah, for me, the biggest factor, Bill, is we should be uh, identifying a demarcation line, right? You know, what works, what doesn't work. I mean, if you don't need the money, if the account does is not important to you, or you're not taking withdrawals, or you're very, very young, and all you can do is add to the account or hold the account and keep buying, buy and hold works. But as we say, when you cross the line where you now choose to or must start taking withdrawals, probably withdrawals that will increase for the rest of your life, I'm going to say that we need to be developing a different message, and that is what kind of loss can you accept? That you should identify well in advance <laughs> because you don't want to wake up and find out just, you know, you recovered from 2008, God bless you, and now you're two years out from uh, taking withdrawals, and let's say in your first or second year of starting your withdrawals, here comes another 2008. So you got back to where you were, and maybe the account's even higher than it was back then, but clearly if there's another 50% loss and you have to take or you choose to take withdrawals, now your drawdown has just uh, eliminated 50% of the account just to make it simple, and that only means we need 100% gain just to get back to even. And let's be clear, if you're taking withdrawals for any reason whatsoever, after a 50% or 60% loss, you tell me what you think is going to happen that's going to help you be successful at recovering the losses and getting back to that high water mark, whatever time that high water mark was reached. Yeah, uh, that, that's a good point. Now, would, in your estimation, and I've, I've talked to a lot of advisors about this, but in your estimation, has the, the Fed intervention in keeping interest rates low participated in the issue that the market is uh, overheated, overvalued, call it what you want, but in, uh, too many people, would you say too many people are uh, blindly in the market because they don't find any yield when they look at their 401k statements and see the, the bond yields at close to 0%, the money market yields sometimes at a negative percentage. Has that contributed uh, and if so, is there any end in sight? You know, where do people go for <laughs> yield, I guess, is a question. Well, uh, to your first point, I would say 100%. Uh, it's all the Fed, and the Fed has uh, done everything it possibly can to convince everyone who has any money whatsoever not to have it in the bank at all and to put it in real estate, to put it in the stock market, and put it maybe in the bond market. And as Robert Schiller said publicly, you know, I see bubbles everywhere, bubbles in the stock market, bubbles in the bond market, bubbles in residential real estate. And, and here's what we do know, Bill, and that is 100% of the time, bubbles burst. <laughs> and the bigger the bubble, the bigger bigger the burst. And and by the way, when we study bubbles, starting like with the tulip bubble back in, what was that, 1634, where with one tulip, you could buy an estate that was good for about three years. Um, outside of that, we've seen the declines from peak to trough, like 80%. It happened twice in the U.S., Dow, uh, down 80%, 1929, 1932. Um, again, NASDAQ, 2000, 2002. And by the way, you know, we, we looked at Japan in the late 80s, right? We knew Japan was going to eat our lunch, be number one in GDP. That that uh, uh, dream, I guess, that bubble burst around 1991. And here's the recent uh, information. Guess what? Their stock market was off 80%, and their real estate market was off 70%. Wait, there's more. Uh, it, neither have gotten back to their highs in nearly 30 years. You don't think those events could happen here again, do you? <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, that's, again, the big question that everybody wants to know is, 
can it happen and what do I do about it? Again, for the for the elder investors that you mentioned, the ones getting those required minimum distributions, they're, they'd love to see a 5% CD, right? They, they'd love to see that safety and security. Yeah. But unfortunately, what they're seeing is 0.005% CDs, a very, very low interest rate. So again, back to the the uh, you know what, what's an investor to do, especially people that yeah. in our audience, a lot of people are you know they're they're getting ready to start living off of their income or maybe even sell an asset and reinvest it, uh, reinvest the proceeds if they sell their business and live off of that. Um, what what are what should investors where should they start looking for yield these days and how should they begin the process? Well, the yield would be driven in our minds by using uh, dividend stocks as, as one of the drivers. All things that provide a consistent dividend, um, as opposed to mutual funds and exchange traded funds, where you take the dividend, which might be one to two percent, and then you're looking for four or five percent growth on top of that. We're going to flip that. We're going to say no. Make the foundation the yield. Say it's four percent, and then the growth we're looking for is only two percent. Still got the same six percent return, but now you can recognize that if the yield holds up, uh, you don't much matter. It doesn't matter much in terms of what the value does because I'm getting the yield that I need. And then I want to do step two to discover how much loss I can I can accept. Most of us don't know that. Where we get lost, Bill, is we ask you, hey, Bill, are you conservative, moderate, or aggressive? And then we put you in some standard portfolio, not customized, not systematized, not personalized. What we want you to do is first uh, ask some questions so that you can find out for yourself, probably for the first time, what kind of loss is acceptable to you? We don't expect you to know this. Go through five or six questions, and you'll find out for yourself. So we did this yesterday with one couple, and uh, they're like uh, 70. And they said, you know, after they went through the questions, their answer became 8%. That's number one. What kind of loss can you accept? Then number two is we went back to look at their current portfolio of their very inexpensive um, mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. And lo and behold, in 2008, the account was off 42% when the uh, market, stock market was off 37%. They look at each other and go, oh, we can't do that again. <laughs> but see, most people don't know how bad it got. So they don't look at it from the standpoint of if this is bad as it was, and here's my level, we have a real disconnect here. Then the third step is to go and say, okay, let's uh, set up a, a sample portfolio and run it backwards, uh, you know, apples to apples for the same time frame, you know, from 1231-2019 back to 1108. And in this case, they were able to see that the proposal that we were advocating happened to be off 7%. And they look at each other and go, we can live with that. So you, I hope that helps make sense that, you know, we have some tools and some technology that most of my peers are not using so people can find out for the first time, one, how did my portfolio do? Two, what kind of loss can I accept? And three, what, how could the portfolio be designed so that it becomes, let's say, risk-averse in 08? We pull out of stocks and bonds. We move to cash or alternatives in a bad year. So think uh, risk-on, risk-off, or wax-on, wax-off. So in 08, we wanted out-of-risk assets into safety and then fully invested in 09 so that maybe we limited our loss to, let's say, less than 20% in 08, got fully invested starting around March 9th, 2009, and saw a 25 or a 26 or better net return in 2009. Ah, now, isn't this helpful to see? We actually have more money, 1231, 2009, than we did 
January 2008, everybody else in the traditional asset classes that are very passive took about four years to get back to even. We took less than two. That's the kind of evidence that we like to show folks so they can see when the grits hit the pan again and when we stop smoking the hopium, which I think everybody's getting high on, uh, you know, and, 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 and yeah, there's just some negative numbers that you can't ignore. You just can't put on hold. Now, how am I going to hold up in a bad year when the market just seems to fall apart at the seams? Yeah, great, great information, great, uh, great strategies illustrated there, John. And I understand you're working on a book called Making Finances Make Sense. What's that all about? Yes, sir. Well, we're going to do uh, – it's almost complete, and I'm trying to you know, take about uh, 40 pages, if you will, very small book, and put it in very simple terms so that it doesn't become so daunting. I mean, it's fascinating. We're, we're, we're blessed. We work with people making all of $40,000 a year and people where their gross is over $2.4 million. So you know, we, see, we see a lot when we're going through people's checkbooks and they're revealing what bothers them. And, and, and one of the things that, does, uh, that people will not see that we're – we're all invested in right now is more debt than we've ever had in history. So I'm just trying to take, uh, like I say, 35, 40 pages and put some of the items that we've learned over the last 40 years in a very palatable form so people can see, hey, this is this is something I can do. Uh, and it's something I must do because at some point I'm going to get my last paycheck. And if I don't determine how much money I need to behind door number one at the time that I want to stop working or work stops, uh, you know, we're going to look like the government workers on TV, uh, great jobs, educated folks, and they're crying because they don't have next month's house payment or the child support payment or the health care requirement that they need, right? Uh, we, we, we've, we've got to pay attention and take responsibility. You know, uh, one of the questions I had was when people are projecting forward for what their needs are going to be, a lot of times, right. you know, people will say, well, I'll put in an inflation kicker that's, what? what's inflation, 2 3%? Is that realistic for the future? Should people be looking at uh, inflation taking a much bigger bite out of their, their uh, future income? needs. Yeah, I, we, we do that annually, Bill. So we're, we're like, let's stay on top of it because we have, we have, we've been around for a minute. We remember 16% inflation, right? Uh, that, that was fun. So if that happens again, we don't want to catch up to that. We want to stay on top of it. So every year we assess what the inflation is and make sure that we're you know meeting it or beating it. Uh, but if we stay on top of it, it'll never get, uh, it, it will not be a loose ball. Uh, that's, that's great. So it, one of your you know key rules that, that what you say is that the proof's in the planning. Start planning now if you haven't, and don't be complacent if you have. So very important yes. to get in yes. for annual reviews. And, you know, things are changing rapidly. Uh, it's an election year. The, the market's kind of go, going nuts back and forth. So there's a lot going on. Uh, John, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they should uh, want to have you review their situation? Sure. Well, our website is uh, is helpful. It is simple. Why be poor? Three words. W H Y B E P O O R. And we do have a newsletter people can sign up for, or if they'd like a consultation, we're happy to do so. Or give me a call eight zero five four nine five twenty seventy seven. And there's we're going to put up a couple links on our, uh, our podcast page. Uh, one is Can You Survive a Bad Loss? And the other one is Risk Analyze. So uh, our listeners can go there and find uh, find uh, 
some other tools that they can use. And, uh, you know, it's important to get to know someone before you work with someone. So that's a great way for them to do that. Look forward to the book coming out and hope you'll come back at that point to, to share um, more with us, John. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And I really want to thank you for coming on today and sharing your, your latest tips and precautions. My pleasure, Bill, and we'll look forward to chatting with you and your audience very soon. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 